Welcome to New Cities Sermon Podcast. Join us as we root deep in God's Word, expecting to be encouraged, challenged, and formed to be more like Jesus together. Let's get into the scriptures now. I'm going to jump right in and read our text. This is our theme text for the year, and we're going to be looking at it several times for the year, but we're going to end our series by looking at this passage from Ephesians 3 that Paul writes, where he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that is that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. amen. This is our last uh, sermon in our sermon series, For- Formed to Flourish choosing the path to thrive. And what we've been talking about is how when we give ourselves over to God's ways, uh, it brings flourishing. Much like when you decide to go to the gym, you know, it's not easy at first, but when you make that choice day after day, day after day, week after week, month after month, there's new life in your life as you're formed by that experience. And so we're talking about these different things that God has called us to do as Christians. And so I'm just curious, I'm going to start out, this is going to be a little bit more interactive. Does anybody remember one of the things that we've been talking about, one of the sermons, one of the choices that we've been called to make? And you can just call it out. Joy. Someone said joy. Yes. Esther. Blend. Yes. All right. You guys were paying attention. All right. Anybody else remember one? Yeah, Ellie. What's that? That's right. I'm really, I'm really glad you remembered, and I'm also glad that you didn't cheat because they're actually on the walls, and you could have just looked over and gotten the A-plus grade. Um, yeah, so the different things that we're talking about, you can put it on the next slide, is these choices of things that we want to focus and be formed by this year. So we want to we be people who choose to enjoy Jesus, like delight in him. What if other people were like, those New City people, they really enjoy Jesus. Like no matter what they're doing, they just love talking about Jesus and being with Jesus and and worshiping Jesus. They really enjoy and delight in him. But then secondly, choosing to worship Jesus, to to just really center our lives around what he commands and obey him. But then also gather together to worship. It's so important as a church that every Sunday we're here together and we show up. And then love one another, that we actually say, you know what, you're more important than me. It's not that I'm not important, but my job is to serve you like Christ has served me and loved me. So loving one another and sacrificing to serve. But then also choosing to blend together. Like not just being around people who are like you or think like you, but as people who have a commonality in Christ going, 
my responsibility is to move towards you in love, blend together, and then lastly, belong, to, to really see our, our deepest sense of who we are as I am God's and he is mine. What did we say last week? I belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Now, we could look at these things and kind of do what we do when we go to a museum. Yesterday, we walked up to the, this historical society that's near our neighborhood, and we walked in because there was a train exhibit, like these guys whose hobby is to put together trains. We went to go see it, and it was really amazing. There was like eight different tables of eight different trains, and these things were so detailed. I mean, there were like trains that were going over rivers and pastures and bridges, and there was like miniature little people, and it was amazing. And in fact, uh, Becky Gearhart's dad was there. That's his hobby. So we got talking with him and he like pulled one of the trains off and he got a screwdriver and he was really working at it, trying to fix it. But I went just to look, right? There's nothing about that experience that I'm going to take home and put into action. I'm just there to observe. And my fear for us is that we could kind of look at this list and go, huh, that's really nice to look at, but not do anything with it. We're not called to these actions, to these choices as something just to look at or just go, that's an interesting thing to learn about. We're actually called to put these things into practice as Christians. In fact, these things are really just the vision statement of our church turned into choices and behaviors. If you can go to the next slide, you'll see it as we go. We envision a blended family, blended we blend family, we belong to each other, we belong to God, family, we love each other, we serve each other. We envision a blended family of diverse people gathering, we're showing up to worship the King, we're gathering together to joyfully worship King Jesus. All of the things that, the six things that we talked about come from that first statement. And it's actionizing our vision statement. But then secondly, we're also called to go out and extend the worship of Jesus among all people, people, sectors of society, and spheres of life. So what we're talking about these past two months has really been taking the vision and turning it into things that we do. So it's not just things that we think about or nice ideas, it's the way we live. It's choices we make. And I think two things happen as we kind of realize that. One is we get excited. Like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if New City was marked by all these things? Like people knew New City as the one, those people really believe they belong to God. Those people really serve each other and love each other. Like there's an excitement to that. But I think there's also a challenge to that when we think about taking these things on and say, I really want to live this out. We all of a sudden run into a wall of our own capacity. How many of you right now are struggling with your own capacity? your own bandwidth, the things that you're able to do. I had eight conversations with people this week, some in the church and some out of the church, and, and all of those conversations were about limited capacity. I don't know if I have the energy to work here anymore because these people are crazy. I don't know if I can forgive my enemy. I don't know if I have the capacity for that. I don't know if I can walk through another difficult situation. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the energy. I, I don't have the capacity. So I want to ask you, you can pull out your phones again. I want to ask you right now to reflect on this. 
in which area are you experiencing the greatest challenge in your capacity? So go back to that same number, 954-866-8681, and just type in Q1, Q1 for question one. And you should get a list, and, and here's your options. Your capacity is fine, or the greatest challenge is finances, emotional energy, physical energy, spiritual energy, time, or something else. And you, you don't have to worry about the definition. Just answer the one that seems to make sense for you. It's so fun to see the bars move, isn't it? All right, here's what's interesting. Um, certainly we can get someone, it's okay if someone writes their capacity is fine. But so far we haven't had any responses that say my capacity is fine. Um, and what that means is as you look around the room, everyone's in the same boat as you. Everyone is experiencing challenges to their own bandwidth and challenges to their own capacity. Let that be an encouragement to you because you're not alone in the challenges you're facing. Um, when we look at these things, our first thought can be, I know, I need to find some new life hacks. I need to make some changes. I need better work-life balance. I need to shift my priorities. I need to rearrange my budget or rearrange my calendar. And those things are good, but I want you to think more deeply than just those things. Because if we look at our capacity and we go, if I could just do more, or if I just try harder, then what we're really doing is looking first and foremost to ourselves to fix our lives. See, one of the things we can do is if I just try harder, I can get, I can get some more capacity and I can get over these issues. Or we look at these things that are real challenges in our life and we go, I just can't do anything more. I can't try, so I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to protect myself. And whether it's self-reliance or guarding our own resources, we start with self when it comes to thinking about our own capacity. So what can I do with the time and energy and money I have? What do I have capacity for? Now, that's a good question. I don't think it's right when churches put too much pressure on people to do more and to do more and to do more. That's not what I'm talking about. What I want us to do is look even deeper as we're called to live the Christian life together and say, with this list up here, what we can tend to do is two different things. One, I don't have what it takes to live out the vision of this church because of all this. And so that what we tend to do is then we minimize what God has called us to do. I don't have the energy to share the gospel with anybody. I really can't love that person because my time is just limited. And so what we do is we minimize God's call because we don't have the resources in ourselves. The second thing that we can do is that we just know that we're at capacity. And so when we try out of our own effort, not relying on God, we run into the end of ourselves and then we quit. We quit. Here's the thing, being a Christian, you will almost always feel like you're beyond your capacity. I don't mean that you can't shift things around to be a little more healthy. I don't mean that there's not unhealthy people that you should put boundaries up. But what I'm talking about is, 
it, it's pretty normal as a Christian to feel like you are being called to do things that are beyond yourself. One of my favorite verses, and it's kind of a weird verse, but it's so encouraging to me, is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. He talks about all the comfort we get from God, but then he's like, let me drop something on you. We don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our affliction that took place in Asia. We were completely overwhelmed beyond our strength so that we even despaired of life itself. This is the Apostle Paul. He's supposed to have everything together. And what he's saying is, I'm not sure I can go on living because I am so overwhelmed by the trials and challenges of being a Christian. The Bible says that we are jars of clay. Paul himself says that. It's easy for us to run out of energy. It's easy for us to run to the end of ourselves. R. Kent Hughes puts it this way. He says, we are frail containers. We are frail containers. Do you feel that? As you think about what God has called us to in the Christian life and even in this series, you should feel beyond yourself. This isn't something that you have the capacity to do in yourself, but that's why this passage is so encouraging. Paul starts up in verse 14 and he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. For this reason, he's talking about what the gospel does in people. In the first couple chapters of chapter three, he's talking about all the things that Christians are called to and all the things that God is doing. And he says, for this reason, what? I kneel. Now, the interesting thing about the normal way to pray was to pray standing. That was the normal posture for guys like Paul in his day. But he doesn't say, I stand and pray. He says, I kneel and pray. Because when he looks at everything that God has called him to do, when he looks at everything that God has called the church to do, he can't help but fall on his knees in desperation. Paul is normalizing being beyond your capacity but there's a place to go. There's a place to go, and that's to your knees before the Father. God calls us beyond us because the resources for what he calls us to are not in us. They're in him. And so Paul starts, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, because it's not just that we feel inadequate to do what God has called us to do. You are inadequate. It's not just a feeling. You can't do it. You can't do it in your own power, in your own strength. You will never have the internal resources on your own to do what God has called us to do. It's never going to come from you. But this is where I love what R. Kent Hughes finishes that quote with. He says this, We are frail containers pulsating with divine power. Man, I'll tell you, it's easy to feel the first part of that quote But the second part of that quote is just as true. We have the divine power of God's power in Christ's love. Verse 16, Paul continues to pray. He says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of your glory, of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. Now, first of all, when he says power, he's talking about the power of the resurrection that we just sang about. 
The power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that will raise you from the dead is at work in you. So your main resource to live life beyond your capacity isn't your enthusiasm. It's not your efficiency. It's not your ability to manage your schedule. It's not your time. It's not your wealth. It is the resurrection of Christ working in you. And here's the amazing thing. It comes from the riches of God's glory. Flip that for a second. God's no pauper. Like God doesn't have limited resources that he just dishes out to make sure he keeps the resources. He is rich in resources. And he loves that you come to him needy because it's not about you, it's about his glory. So God loves it when you come weak, needy, empty, beyond capacity because it shows that he has to, He has what you need and he gives it to you without limit, without counting, unending. It's about the riches of his glory. So you can continually come low capacity because when you come to God and say, I need more of your power at work in your life, it shows that he has the power that you need no matter how many times you come. And so that allows us to try difficult things, to go beyond our capacity. If I can talk a little bit about the West African team that was just up here, we started meeting about a month ago. And I challenged the team and I said, hey, one of the things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to ask people for money. And everyone got real quiet. <laughs> you know, and, and the first time I raised money I, I, for something, I, I felt this. It's like, well, I don't know nobody, right? I don't know nobody who's going to give money. And it was very challenging for us to talk through that. And, and my encouragement was like, look, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't have the power in me to see what's going to happen. But if we pray and we rely on God and we step out in faith, he will meet us. And I'm telling you, he, he is starting to do that with our team. He's given us the boldness to ask people and say, would you send us on this trip so we can encourage some Christians in West Africa? But he's also ignited people's hearts to give to this trip because his power is at work in us. It's not that the situation changed, but God's power allows us to be a new kind of person in that situation, to step out in ways that only make sense if the capacity isn't about us, but rather the power that God gives. So if you recognize that you don't have it in you, you're right. You don't have it in you, but you have Christ in you. In verse 17, Paul continues the prayer and he says, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ living in you, when does he stop loving you? Never. When does he stop offering you his love as a resource? Never. The resource is always there for you to grab onto because Christ is endless. He is the source so the resources that we have are not just God's power, but Christ's love. Paul goes on in verse 17b. If you can flip this slide, he says, I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
I love the words that he uses, established in Christ's love, comprehend Christ's love, know Christ's love. He's not talking about a kind of love that you look up on Wikipedia and you just read about it. He's talking about a love that you experience that isn't just a thing in your life, but rather is the thing in your life. That every day you get to wake up and go, he loves me. He found me. When I was a sinner, he called me out of that dark mire I used to live in. He saved me, not because I deserve it. He forgave me when he went to that cross. He loves me. And he comforts me when I'm sad. And he gives me power when I'm weak. And he accepts me even when I struggle with doubt. And he corrects me when I'm a fool. Because he loves me. He loves me. And so that idea of Christ loving us, it's, it's not just a feeling. It's a reality we live on as we rely on him. And once you get the reality of Christ's love, once it becomes the thing in your life, you'll start to do crazy things like we're talking about here. Rather than despair, you find joy in Jesus. Rather than run in your own life, you want to worship him. Rather than skip in church when you're tired, you want to gather with the saints because you want to experience Christ's love. Rather than thinking of yourself, you want to serve other people because Christ is bubbling out of you. Rather than just sticking with your people, you want to cross the line and be with other types of people because that's what Jesus did for us. And you do it all not to earn something from him, but because you belong to him. So I want to ask you, is Christ's love a thing for you, or is it the thing for you? Is it the center of everything? You know, one of the things I love about the recovery movement is at the meetings, at the end of the meeting, some of them will say, keep coming back. There's more for you to get out of this. And that's how I think about Christ's love. Keep coming back. He never runs out of love for you. Keep coming back. When you're a fool, come back. When you doubt, come back to his love. He will never stop loving you. So make it the thing. Make time in your life to dwell on his love. Make make effort to be honest with him about your sin because you'll find more forgiveness as you repent of your sins. Make, Make movement to experience this supernatural love in your life because you cannot manufacture it, you cannot fake it. It is not a human love, it is an agape love that comes from God. And as this sits in our hearts deeper and deeper, as we understand who Jesus is and how he loves us, and as that becomes more and more the anchor of everything for us, we will find that there is a new, kind of undescribable, doesn't really make sense capacity that we have that we didn't think we have. And we don't really have it. We just have Christ and his love. And in the midst of all that, Paul says, here's what can happen. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. God works beyond your capacity to even imagine what he can do according to the power that works not just in him, but his power in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. 
Weak, sinful people who struggle to believe, God says he's committed to bring his glory in the midst of us because it's not about us and our capacity. It's about him and his love and his power that he gives to us so we can live the Christian life together. And so I wanna ask you to dwell as we wind down the sermon. You can pull back out your phones. I wanna ask you to dwell on these things. And think, where do you need to grow to embrace these different actions? So, so the first question here, you can go back to that number, 954-866-8681, and type in Q2 for question two. And the question is, what choice or action comes most natural to you out of those three? So these are the three, uh, actually, they're kind of spread out, but enjoy or delight in Jesus, worship and obey Jesus, or belong to Jesus, I'm his. Take a moment and just reflect on that for you. Which comes most natural to you? We'll let that sit up there for a minute. Okay. Keep your phones out. Maybe we'll post these later just so you can see them. Okay, let's go to the next one. Now the reverse of that, those same three things, which choice action is most challenging for you? Type in Q3 and they'll respond with that question. Same question, just not which is most natural, but which is most challenging, enjoying Jesus, worshiping Jesus, or belonging to Jesus, saying I'm his. I'm such a thinker. I'm like, why are they writing that? No. <laughs> okay. So remember what you wrote on there. What, what are those three it was? Let's do the next three. S- same thing. We're going to go back to which comes most natural to you. Hit Q4, type Q4. Which comes most natural to you? Gathering, which is like showing up to church week in and week out on Sunday to worship Jesus. Loving others, which is like saying, I'm actually going to put myself in a worse situation so I can commit to love someone else. Or third, blending, which is like, I'm going to go and be uncomfortable so I can reach someone who's not like me. Which one of those comes most natural to you? Thank you for doing this. Then the next one, last one, same question, but which is most challenging for you? Gathering, showing up at church weekly, loving, putting yourself on the line to love someone else and serve someone else, or lastly, actually making yourself uncomfortable to go love somebody else who's not like you to blend. I wanted to do it this way because I wanted to give an opportunity to reflect on these things and like be real. You know, I I figured if we had like passed the mic, which one's the hardest for you? That'd be a little hard for people to say, but this way we can actually figure it out in our own minds. 
Here's the interesting thing that I'm thinking about as we wind this down. Um, what happens if we only choose the things that come naturally to us? What happens if we don't do the things that are challenging us? What do we lose? What do we lose if we don't blend? What do we lose if we don't love? What does it look like if none of us feel like we belong to Christ or we don't gather together to worship or we don't enjoy Jesus? What do we lose? That's a question I wanna leave you to think about even as you wrote what's most challenging. Thank you for joining with us as we rooted deep in God's word. If you found this sermon encouraging, share it with a friend. You can learn more about New City by going to newcityhh.com or checking us out on social media by searching New City HH. We'll see you next week.